0: We thought food was only something that could be enjoyed. And really, there's nothing wrong with that. But here's the thing. So much of life happens in the kitchen. It's a place to gather,
1: to laugh, to burn your meatloaf while the kids do their homework at the kitchen island. So if life is
0: happening in the kitchen,
1: that's where we want to be. It doesn't have to be so hard. We can be great dads and great cooks. This show is about us trying to figure it all out. I'm
0: Chris. And I'm Phil. Welcome to Dad's Kitchen. We all we all need a, a little uh, encouragement in our lives, Phil. So. I think so, which is why I have you. We all need a seven-year-old telling us that we're funny. I mean, speaking of the
1: seven-year-old, though, yes, she's been really helpful in the grocery store lately. Like, and she's even taking the initiative with it, and I'm just so happy. Like, it makes me so happy. I'm so proud of her. Uh, but we were in the produce section, and I had on my list avocados, which also super cute. She she makes her own lists of things but she prefers to draw them out and so I mean obviously like you know she's she's learning how to read and write at her age but she is really into art and so anything on the list she'll draw and so she drew some avocados because some avocados were on the list and it like actually turned out pretty well like she's quite the budding artist I might say but she's she's been pretty helpful and she asked if she could go get the avocados and I said sure and everybody knows like when you're getting avocados you've got to be relatively mindful of what they're like before you they're one of those get them particular items yeah you know if you're if you're making guacamole that day you've got to have a ripe avocado for sure and so I was quite proud she did a really good job of picking them out all by herself and so Way to go, Bridget.
0: Does she have her own cart? Do they have like the little No little person? I feel like I feel like the super little kid carts might be a little too small.
1: There's one grocery store that had them and then they took them away and I don't know why. Maybe they were like running into people's Achilles because I know they ran into mine.
0: I think a full size cart can do that just fine.
1: I mean I guess they are. Anyways, do you have the do you have the little kitty carts? More importantly, do you use them?
0: Oliver can't walk yet. No, I know. I'm saying I'm
1: wondering if you yourself use oh. them. Oh yeah. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah, that's
0: adorable. Well, Phil, congratulations on Bridget's accomplishments. Sounds like you taught her how to pick out produce fairly well.
1: Well, I didn't think I did because, I mean, all right, let's be honest, Chris, I'm not good at this. I I wasn't the one to teach her. Ashley probably was, and then that inspired me to want to do an entire episode on how to pick out produce, mostly because I wanted to catch up to my kid and, you know, be on the same playing field as... That's her achievements. That's something to aspire to. And then, of course, you so eloquently mentioned how to pick out cauliflower in our cauliflower episode. And it really inspired me. And then I'm like, all right. I shouldn't just catch up to my kid. I should also catch up to my co-host. So here we are. Let's talk about produce. Yeah,
0: no, I think it's great because uh, honestly, that's one of those things that when we were talking about starting the podcast, I didn't really feel 100% comfortable with was, you know, how to pick stuff out in the grocery store, even like how to navigate the grocery store to some extent. Yeah, I don't know. It's just not stuff that like you're taught growing up. So like as an adult guy, it might be pretty foreign. Sure. So yeah, definitely a skill to learn.
1: And I think it's a tough one to learn. It's an important one to learn, but it can be a little bit daunting when picking out produce because you can either look at it in terms of this is ripe and this is not ripe and then memorizing those and what all of those variables are, or you can maybe try to learn the why behind it and why things ripen. And I I think that's the place that I kind of want to start and and hopefully it kind of like you know, launches us into at least 1% better than where we were before, which isn't that difficult to do, to be honest.
0: I think all that sounds great, Phil. I'd love to be 1% better. It's super lame. But uh... to being 1%
1: better, Christopher, there is kind of like three main indicators on why or how you can tell if a fruit or vegetable is ripe. And I think like mostly I kind of want to stick with the fruits because they're... Well, okay, we're, we're taking baby steps, you know? If you're my seven-year-old daughter, we're taking much more than baby steps, but we're two weird dads, and so we're taking baby steps. And so I think I kind of wanted to, like, mostly land on the fruits. And there's, like, three main indicators on how you can tell whether it's ripe or not. But before we get into those, I think it's really important to understand what something called ethylene is. Have you heard of this? I
0: guess it's like a gaseous
1: hormone ethylene
0: i i have heard of it phil could i explain exactly what it is right now off the top of my head no my first thought looking at it was oh like the cryptocurrency and then my (laughs) seven-year-old was like
1: Dad, that's ether you idiot
0: gotta have seven-year-olds to keep you in check uh (laughs) no i guess like my my first thought is i mean i think of like ethylene glycol or i I think of like various like organic compounds yeah
1: like does this rag smell like chloroform to you (laughs) somewhere along those regards (laughs) yeah
0: I, I I don't remember what my answer was last time you asked me that, Phil. Actually, I don't Fair remember enough. much of that night anyway.
1: Fantastic. So, okay, ethylene. It's like this gaseous hormone that basically surges when fruit is ripened, and it's really important to understand when in the process that happens. Even more so, it's important to understand how it happens and ethylene it's it's kind of a funny thing because some some fruits are active ethylene producers and some fruits are not and then some of them and this is crazy some only happen after they've been picked like an avocado for example avocado will only ever ripen after it's been picked which means that ethylene is kind of dormant and it it's produced after it's picked but then other other fruits like say a watermelon That's only going to be producing ethylene while it's still on the vine and on the ground, and so there's kind of an important like distinction as to which ones produce it, which ones don't, and why.
0: Okay, so it seems like there are a lot of variables going on here. Is there like a quick, easy, I don't know, categorization to figure out which ones do what and why? Is it just kind of like memorize them on a one by one basis?
1: Yeah, kind of flashcard memorization. I mean, I think if you're even at the least bit familiar with fruits you should get kind of a basic understanding of which ones do it and which ones don't obviously i mentioned the avocado if you're going to be making guacamole like we said earlier that's a fruit that you're going to want to pick uh, or that you're going to want to choose based on when you're going to be making the guacamole right so if that avocado is rock solid wait a couple of days before you make guacamole if it's if it's like super mushy and like the skin has separated from the fruit it it's definitely going to be overripe, but it, but it's still salvageable. It could be based on, you know, I think your preference. But it's really interesting that some fruits, as they produce ethylene, can even ripen the fruits around them. Bananas and apples being two of those
0: fruits. Yeah, those are those a couple of the first things that came to mind. I feel like I've heard that. I don't know if I've ever really experienced that firsthand. Gosh, I feel like this show could be just a list of things I don't really like.
1: You you don't like bananas? No,
0: or apples. I, you- I, I I like apples. I don't like bananas. Really? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. A smoothie guy. Uh, uh, I like a banana smoothie. Is uh, one of no. my favorites. Or what? What about like frozen
1: bananas and then turned into ice cream?
0: Man, that's okay. It, it's it's more of a texture thing. Mo- it's mostly a texture thing and slightly a taste thing. Yeah, so I, I don't typically buy a lot of bananas. Molly's has them around. Our apples are kind of—they have like their own little container thing, so they're separate from everything else. So I guess I've never really experienced. And I, and I bet there's that. a reason why. Probably is. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a guess that it might have something to do with ethylene.
1: It has it has a lot <laughs> to do with ethylene. So. Little little rudimentary education there. Ethylene is important. And as that's producing in these fruits, either before or after it's been picked, there's kind of like three main indicators, like I mentioned earlier, as to what you can, I guess, kind of look for in what makes fruit ripe. And those are look, touch, and smell. But before we get into those, Chris, I must add, you tonight look, touch, and smell great.
0: I don't know how to take that, Phil.
1: You look great, Chris. Sometimes Touched I just, great. I just, smell great.
0: I just have to process all that's going on in these conversations, Phil. But thank you for touching all right. me. Do you want
1: to, do you want to get into some examples on, on some fruits? I mean, since we're going to do some flashcard memorization, it, it wouldn't hurt to actually know what those flashcards are.
0: Yeah. I mean, are, are there, uh, some similar characteristics to avocados that we could be looking for in some of them? So obviously it depends on the fruit.
1: Not all fruits get soft. Not all. Fruits and vegetables have an odor, if we can call them that. A fragrance. A smell. But yeah, there's definitely some similar characteristics. Like I, I think I mentioned the watermelon a minute ago. Watermelon is a fruit that only ripens on the vine. So once you've picked it, it is what it is. And you're you're kind of throwing darts at this point. I know I know I have for for a long time just kind of like oh look it's on sale it must be ripe or oh look first watermelon of the season it must must be watermelon season you know so, so much of that i think it's just kind of like getting an understanding of when your local seasons are which yeah. is pretty important because grocery stores don't always sell the local stuff
0: what, what, what about how it sounds i feel like yeah and so this, this is like this is kind of like them.
1: the one one of the indicators here you, you mentioned sound so this is debated you, you can kind of like knock your watermelon with your knuckle, and if it sounds hollow, it's supposedly ripe. But I think, correct me if I'm wrong, these aren't always the same depending on like the size of the watermelon. I don't know. I'm not sure. Watermelons really confuse me. Also, I think if it's like seed, seedless watermelon or seeded watermelon, that also has something to do with how hollow it's going to sound. I don't know. What's your experience?
0: It's a crapshoot. I don't know. Yeah. And I think it, I think it kind of is
1: with, with the touch on that one. And so this is where the look really comes into play with a watermelon. So when the watermelon is, is growing, obviously it, it grows on the vine and it grows on the ground and watermelons, they're, they're kind of idle, you might say as they're on the ground. And so they're going to develop what's called a field spot. And that field spot is basically just where the watermelon touches the ground. And if if your watermelon has like kind of like a creamy yellow look to that field spot, that's going to be a pretty ripe watermelon. If it's white on the other hand or if it's just non-existent, you should avoid that watermelon. It means it was picked too
0: soon. Have you tried this out? Tested this idea?
1: Have I tested any of the ideas that we talk about on this show? like cooking for example
0: <laughs> neither of us ever make anything at home we just <laughs> talk about it
1: smell is obviously that third indicator and watermelon doesn't have any smell so it's so with with this one you kind of only have to go off the look unless again unless you found the knocking and the hollow sound works for you got to knock those melons
0: knock them around
1: do you have mangoes i mean you have them
0: yeah well they don't grow there though right they do not grow here phil no, they don't. But uh, they are imported, yeah, which and they're delicious. I think there's a kind of background topic that could be really interesting. Maybe, maybe that'll be a follow up episode. I don't know.
1: I would love that follow up episode. Yeah, wonderful. So the mango, mango,
0: definitely mango. Definitely mango.
1: You, you can call it. You should probably this, call it mango. The mango. The bongo mango. So this is one of those. Conversely to the watermelon, is one that actually ripens after it's picked. So this is why, you like, oftentimes you'll have green mangoes, and then you'll have the other colors of mangoes, which can be red, yellow, orange. I guess, but green is definitely like not ready to go. So pick it, take it home, maybe wrap it in a in a swaddle, and. Let it cook for a little bit longer, and that's gonna that's gonna be a pretty good mango. But then you can also you can touch it if it, if it's firm and it gives way, it's probably ready to go. And it's also gonna have a smell to it, Chris. And it's it's gonna be sweet and fragrant, just like you. Uh, but mostly, that's only near the stem. So kind of learn where the stem is, and
0: I'll let you go smell your mango's stem and see.
1: We made some sticky rice the other day. And it called for some mangoes, and they were not in season. Or if they were, I just couldn't find any that were ripe. And I bought them the day that I made the sticky rice. It still turned out great because it had like a cup of sugar in it. And um, yeah, it was it was delicious. That's like my mango. That's like the only mango I've had this past year.
0: That sounds good. This is great, actually. It was. I, I like mango. It is one of those things that... It's definitely not native to Colorado, obviously. And so it's a little challenging to to get like a good one here. Pineapple,
1: on the other hand, those definitely grow in Colorado. Oh, yeah.
0: And so you can always some, get a good Got some in the backyard right now.
1: On the vine. Still on the vine.
0: Growing in the pineapple ground. Vine.
1: Yeah. So the pineapple, we're just going to go like back and forth here. Pineapple does not continue ripening after you pick it. And the pineapple can be like pretty
0: crunchy
1: at times. You've had a crunchy pineapple, right? Yeah. Like a flavorless,
0: toothsome pineapple. It kinda depends on the part of the pineapple that you're eating, I guess. Like the core is gonna be more crunchy. Sure. The leaves are gonna be pretty crunchy. (laughs) Little sticky spine things are gonna be kinda crunchy. Yeah, after you grill the leaves, they're crunchy, probably. Is that a thing? (laughs) I have no clue. Although I did see a tiki drink recently and the guy was garnishing it with like a a pineapple frond and it looked really cool, like sticking out of the top of the drink.
1: That would be amazing if you then ate the garnish. Just like right in front of your bartender. You can give it a go. Have you ever thrown, I don't know why I just thought of this. I guess, I guess recently I had a drink that was garnished with a lime. Have you ever, have you ever thrown the lime or the lemon directly into the garbage disposal? And then just like chop the mother out of it. Oh, yeah. Oh, it makes it smell so good in your kitchen. That's great.
0: Our lovely listener, Chris Lilly, taught me that. Maybe he should have a podcast called Lilly Explains It All
1: that's the best idea yeah okay but the pineapple so this this one does not continue ripening after after you pick it and so it can be a little more difficult uh knowing which one is a good one and which one isn't and it has a lot to do with the touch so if you like give it like a little gentle squeeze if it doesn't give way at all there's probably not a lot of juice on the exterior or, or on the outside of the fruit portion and so you should avoid that pineapple it might have a little bit of a smell to it if it smells like sharp or fermented then it's, like, way over-ripened, and then you should definitely get that and make a cocktail out of
0: it. Okay, so we have two fruit tea things. We have watermelon and pineapple, and those are the two so far that do not ripen. After they're picked, they do all of their ripening on the vine, so to speak.
1: I hadn't considered that, but I'm wondering if you thought my pineapple on the vine comment was... A joke, or if you thought it was... Because, wait, don't they grow on a tree? I thought they grew in the ground, honestly. For real? Wow. Yeah, what does Google say? I'm curious now. Yeah, like the center of a leafy plant, apparently.
0: Yeah, that's how yeah. I always pictured them. The more you know. It's kind of more like a bush. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, like a yucca plant, almost, or like a agave pineapple is basically tequila oh those two sound good together (laughs) yeah they do phil one of the reasons i wish that we didn't live so far apart i made a an oaxacan old-fashioned amazing so good i don't know what that is but i would have it it might not be an equal split it's it's a tequila and mezcal old-fashioned with like chocolate bitters and it doesn't taste like tequila it's amazing it's wonderful
1: oh i'm legit making that right after we get off this record It's super
0: good. Well, maybe I'll send you a recipe. Anyway. I love you. You're the best bartender.
1: Okay. So there's a few more that, I don't know if I want to like list all of these because I don't want to get necessarily too factual with them, but I thought it was kind of important to know that obviously, like we mentioned, the mangoes and the apples, those are going to continue to ripen. But did you know that so will blueberries? which is one of the only berries that continues no. to ripen after you pick it. Yeah. Yeah, I guess
0: that makes sense. I feel like I've I've had a batch of blueberries where initially it was like kind of firm and a little hard and then they soften out over time. Yeah.
1: I was really surprised to learn that one because, you know, I've bought a batch of berries and been like really disappointed and like okay we'll often do like a medley for breakfast this is like a pretty common saturday morning breakfast for us where we'll just do like strawberry blackberry raspberry blueberry and then banana we'll chop it all up and that's that's our breakfast and so i've been like really disappointed with the blueberries and then like you're saying a couple of days later we do it again with the same batch of fruit and it's like suddenly delicious yeah. and i thought like did, did did i just like have a weird taste bud that morning
0: probably actually I mean, I wouldn't put it past you. But here's a question, Phil. Does this ripening after versus, like, as soon as it's off of its mother plant, it's stopping, does that affect the shelf life of produce? Do things that continue to ripen oh, go I quicker than things that don't? I'm not.
1: Wait, okay, ask me the question again.
0: Okay, so say say you get a pineapple. Eventually, it's going to go bad, right?
1: Yeah, even though it's not continuing to ripe, yes, it's still going to go bad.
0: I guess my question is, does it have a longer shelf life does it does it last longer than oh, say i get the question like that avocado or that apple and is is the fact that it is no longer ripening once it's picked like a contributing factor to that i wonder Extra? i don't know if
1: it's Little. like one-to-one across the board and like strictly based on empirical data the answer that i would give is yes again like only strictly empirically because i've purchased a pineapple that i didn't have for like i don't know like two weeks and it was still great i think watermelon too like it lasts way longer than you might expect whereas obviously these fruits that continue ripening after they're picked like the avocado the banana are you kidding me those things are like they look delicious one day and then the next day they're total garbage which is maybe why you don't like them chris they, that but that actually kind of leads me into like this big looming question of what to do with your fruit after it's past its ripening Stage or it's like preferred ripening. If you're gonna eat it fresh, like what? What can you do with it? Give it to your kids because they'll probably eat anything. Hey, Oliver, um. you want this soggy blueberry? He'd probably love it.
0: Is is that when it goes in the smoothie, Phil? That's when it goes into the
1: smoothie. So like, save for the love of God, save your brown bananas because they make delicious smoothies, throw it in the freezer, peel it first, then throw it in a bag, throw it in the freezer, and you don't have to add ice to your smoothie. You can just throw in a frozen banana. Or, if you're like Chris, you can
0: just never open your freezer. There are other things in my freezer besides the lack of frozen bananas.
1: And then, of course, you can do breads with them. I always thought it was weird that my grandmother always... Wanted the old brown bananas to make banana bread, but turns out she was actually onto something. And then compotes—you totally make a good compote with some berries that have gone past their preferred ripening, or peaches. Do you like a good peach compote, Chris? Sure, sure. Who well, doesn't.
0: How about you throw some herbs in there, and like maybe like a, a rosemary or basil? That sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah. Rosemary and
1: peaches go great together. Okay. What do you do if you need to speed up the ripening? Uh, get some patience. Ben Time. That's a guy now. His name is Benjamin Time. Stupid joke. <laughs> Absolutely terrible. Yeah, there actually is something you can do, and it goes back to this ethylene concept. Let's say you've- take it in a container you, with some apples.
0: Or yeah. You, bought,
1: you, you, know, you buy some avocados. You got to make guacamole tomorrow night. You know they're not going to be ready. Throw it in a paper bag or seal it in some sort of container along with- A fruit that produces a lot of ethylene after it's picked, like the banana or the apple. Hey, do you think? Do you think our brown sugar episode has anything to do with that? Is it the ethylene that's actually declumping that brown sugar? No, it's the moisture. Fat no,
0: (laughs) it's the moisture. We we went over this, Phil. It was pretty simple. It didn't take very long because it was a quick tip.
1: Okay, I have a surprise for you.
0: I um, I cannot contain myself.
1: We got some listener mail, and I thought we should read it.
0: Did we? Yeah.
1: Okay, so, well, that's, a fun, this, that's a
0: fun surprise.
1: Yeah, so this comes from a longtime listener. Catherine from Phoenix sent us a little message, and she said that what she likes to do is to mix and mash a lot of staples together, and I'm just reading this verbatim, i.e. purchase a rainbow of veggies, basic proteins of fish, chicken, and beef, Classic starches of egg noodles, pasta potatoes, basic herbs of cumin, oregano, basil, yellow curry, garlic, bay leaves, and from all of that you can easily make stew, stir fry fajitas, curry, casseroles, etc, cetera, etc cetera, by the staple foods. So I thought that was kind of sweet. Thanks, Catherine.
0: That's definitely A great way to not overwhelm yourself, I have found. I feel like that could honestly like turn into its own episode or its own quick tip or something. Because I'll know the kind of standard stuff that we have and it just makes it a whole lot easier to try and land on a dish.
1: Rainbow cooking, it's the answer. I mean, it's June, right? We got lots of rainbows going on right now. So thank you so much, Catherine, for reaching out. And we would love to read some more listener mail on the air. And you can send us an email at hello at dadskitchenco.com. And we'll read your listener mail. And we'll talk about how amazing you are, like Catherine.